Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell, and that is Kurt Souter. He is with Further Still Ministries, and this little show that you have stumbled upon is called Solid Steps Radio. And we come up with that name, not by accident. We believe that you as men, we are talking to men primarily, not exclusively, but uh, we, we want to talk to the guys in regards to we believe you men have a destiny, and that destiny is to walk with God solidly, taking steps in life with God through Jesus Christ. And we want to talk about things from a man's perspective, all kinds of different areas of life. We talk about career, and we talk about fathering, and we talk about being a neighbor, society, cultural, all kinds of different different parts. And one of the things we talk about quite regularly as as a show is about marriage and relationships for those of you who are married. Uh, we talk about different types of, of aspects of, of, uh, of marriage. And today, <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about, it's a first of a two-week series. So depending on when you hear this, if you're driving around and you happen to hear this this weekend in, in the car, uh, this week's show and next week's show, they, they go hand in hand. Uh, we're going to talk today about one of the things that you are trying to avoid mostly in your marriage, which you need to stop avoiding and learn how to do properly. And you're probably like, hmm, what could, <laughs> what that, could that be? be? <laughs> well, we're going to talk today with licensed clinical psychologists, friends of the show, and uh, just a good guy about how we can take something that you're trying to avoid and not avoid it and actually do it well. So Chuck Tackett, it is great to have you back. Great to be back, guys. Uh, Dr. Chuck, is that what they call you? What do, you, what do they call yeah, you? Most people, they, Dr. Chuck, just, 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 just yeah. hey you. I'm huh? sure they call him a lot of <laughs> they call him a lot of things. I'm sure. <laughs> we're uh, gonna the, we're the, gonna go see this. The uh, dominant word I hear is help. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, you have been doing uh, well. You haven't always done right marriage counseling. Right. Yeah. You, you, you were just tell our listeners what you okay. were doing really before marriage. Yeah. Um, you you, were pray, you prayed a, a prayer. Yeah, as a as a licensed clinical psychologist, uh, started practice in January of '91, and uh, I really enjoyed working with people that dealed with various types of depression or anxiety disorders, especially post traumatic stress disorder. Um, and I, I really didn't like working with married couples. I mean, I absolutely hated working with married <laughs> couples. Um, and then one day, I, I said a prayer before the Lord. I said, "Lord, please, please help me figure out how to be a better." therapist to couples. Um, and then God opened the door for me to go out to the University of Washington and study at the number one marital research lab in North America, Dr. John Gottman's marital research lab. And I spent four and a half months in Dr. Gottman's research lab, got to know him just a little bit, and got to know his team, his research team, really, really well. Uh, and then I come back to Louisville, and um, in the matter of three months, the vast majority of my caseload is dealing with couples. <laughs> So the difference is now I actually know what to do. <laughs> Back then, I knew the old theories. I did the old theories. And the reality is they didn't work. Mm. You know, And so being out in the lab and understanding marriage from a research point of view was really extremely beneficial. So watch what you pray for. Oh, you better be careful what you pray for because God might actually answer your prayer. <laughs> okay. So, so since then, you have been primarily focusing on marriage. Oh, I'd say about eighty percent of my caseload since then has been has been marriage since about two thousand. Since I got back from the lab in two thousand. Okay, has so been marriage. Yeah. And so, and, uh, so all these years, you yeah. have been zeroing in on marriage right. and helping couples. Right. And and one of the th one of the things that many couples probably come into you with kind of yeah. a little bit of an agenda. Right. 
like, okay, we are arguing and we are fighting and we have got to stop this nonsense. Mm-hmm. And you're going, well, that's not really well, the goal. Well, in, in the very beginning, most, most of the time, the couples really want me to pick a side. The wife wants me to say she's right, and the husband wants me to say he's right. Chad, have you ever related to that? <laughs> no, not me ever. I, I can't either. You're I, talking I, about I, today? I, <laughs> well, I do have some friends in towns, guys, who treat delusions. Yes. Okay? <laughs> I need them. Yeah. So, so they want you to come in and pick, right. a, pick a side. Like, I am right on this. Right. Come on, Dr. Chuck. Would you convince him? Would you convince her? Right. That's not and I just look at him and I say, no, no, thank you. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. We're, we're going to look at your relationship, you know, very much from a research point of view, because we really do know what couples do when, when they argue, what they do to argue destructively that will virtually guarantee that they're going to end up getting divorced. Hmm. We also know if they stop doing these things, they vastly increase the likelihood that they can build deep and meaningful marriages with one another. So if you know the research and you use the research in helping couples, then your success rates really go through the roof, okay? So one of the first things that I help couples to come to understand is uh, you really have three options when it comes to marriage. You can choose to divorce, which is a destructive thing. You can choose to have a lousy marriage. Or you can make the choice that you're going to build an absolutely fantastic marriage. And Mm -hmm. for my Christian people... I would say you've got to have three qualities if you're going to build a fantastic marriage. You've got to build a marriage where you, it's enjoyable for both of you, where you find meaning in the relationship with one another, and where ultimately the relationship honors God. Mm. So you've got to shoot for those three qualities. It's got to be meaningful, it's got to be enjoyable, and it's got to ultimately honor God. And so part of what I have to do is, is kind of what a, a pastor does. In, in the distant past, I spent a few years as a pastor. Um, one of the things I have to do is use the old biblical principle. I have to get them lost before I get them saved. Okay. <laughs> I have to help them come to understand the, the, the reality of marriage within our culture. Mm. Okay. And so a couple of things along the way that they've, along the way that they've got to realize is they've got to realize the consequences of, of divorce and the cons- and, or the consequences of having a lousy marriage. And so we know in the research what they are. So just some of the things, uh, there's an increased rate of mental illness, an increased rate of automobile accidents, and in those increased rates of automobile accidents for people heading towards divorce or people in a lousy marriage, there's an increased rate of fatalities. They have an increase in violence, homicide, and most importantly, they have a decreased longevity. Hmm. People who go through a divorce and or have a lousy marriage, they have a shortened lifespan. Yeah, they're just ready to, you know, maybe, maybe not... Consciously, just, well, there's just something to building a relationship that's deep and meaningful with someone. Yeah, it creates it creates a measure of peace in your life. It creates a you know some meaning and some enjoyment in your life, and so you have a greater tendency to say, okay, well, maybe it's not good to eat that 24 ounce fatty steak. You know, I kind of like to hang around a little bit longer. <clears throat> but excuse me, but if I'm not getting along with my wife, my first response is going to be, well, Who what cares? does it matter? Who cares? Who cares? You know. And I would think also the whole uh, just just when the, when you're in a lousy marriage, right? Where you're in a destructive marriage, right? Y- y- I mean, you're, the stress level. Oh, it's through the roof. It's, it's, it's got to be yeah through the well, roof. Well, it's so high that one of the characteristics we see is that there's what's called a significant immunosuppression. So if you're in a lousy marriage or you're divorced, the reality is your immune system functions less effectively. Hmm. Okay. And so it doesn't really help you to be in a to divorce or to be in a lousy marriage. 
The only thing that's really beneficial is if you both make the choice that you're going to build a marriage that has those three qualities, enjoyable, meaningful, and honors God. And if you will work towards those three qualities and along the ways we're going to talk about today, learn to argue in a constructive way. But today we're going to focus on how you blow up the argument, how you argue destructively. Because because we know in the research you've got to learn to get the destructive characteristics <clears throat> to get the <clears throat> sorry guys to get the destructive characteristics out of how you communicate with one another. Okay, you're trying to increase the positives and decrease the negatives. So this week we're mm-hmm. going to focus on how you need to get those destructive characteristics out. So so okay. Chuck, I mean uh, yeah. I'm sure over the years you've seen people coming come into your office right, and it is just um, loaded with destructive patterns. Oh yeah. D- d- describe to our listeners what mm-hmm. what that looks like when they come to you. Well, basically, they argue in, in, in just overwhelmingly destructive ways. And, and so one of the things we can do, guys, is we can look at those, those really five key characteristics that we see in the research that really deal with how we're destructive towards one another. So we know through Dr. Gottman's research and through other people's research that part of what really happens is we're going to use one of these five characteristics or more of these five characteristics uh, that really, if we, if we ignore them, it's just going to blow the relationship, relationship up significantly. Okay? So let's go ahead and look at the first of those five characteristics. Okay, I, I'm, 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 yes, Chad and I are on the edge okay. of our seat. Here, <laughs> now, here what, we are. Now, listeners, here's what I'm going to ask them to do. I'm going to confess which of these five characteristics I do, and I'm going to ask Kurt and Chad to confess which of the five characteristics they do towards their wives. We only have to choose one, or can we choose multiple? You can choose multiple. Okay. Because okay? I'll confess the two that I do. Okay, go okay? ahead. I probably have all five. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, one of the intriguing things about Dr. Gottman's research is he talks about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And a lot of people don't know this, but Dr. Gottman, even though he's, he's Jewish, he's read through the New Testament 12 times in his life. Okay, so, so he's, in a, in a secular way, knowledgeable about some of the things we think. So, mm. so one of the things that we have to understand in these four horsemen of the apocalypse is this factor called criticism, a factor called criticism. And in criticism, it's any statement you make to your spouse that deals with something that basically says something's globally wrong with them, something's wrong with their personality, something's wrong with their character. You know, they have character, you, you talking to them as if they have a character deficit or if their personality is really, you know, royally messed up. Okay? And, and it's not just being critical of, of a small little part of them. You're, you're yeah. saying kind of in a, in a big picture way. Well, we're really saying that when we're critical, we're saying you're messed up. Mm. Okay. So let me give you an example of that. So let's say there's something that I ask my wife to do for me today. Okay. And I get home tonight and she doesn't do it. Okay, I could say to her, and this is, this is called a complaint, I could say to her, you know, honey, I, I'm disappointed that you didn't do this thing. I mean, you promised me that you would, uh, and you didn't do it. And so I'm disappointed about that, and I'm a little bit frustrated about that. However, honey, I know you've got an extremely busy day. I know you have stuff that you've got to be really, really focused on. I just want to ask you, honey, the very next time you share with me that you're going to do something, it would mean a lot to me if you do it. That's called a complaint. Okay, <laughs> and, and we're gonna and we're gonna pick up from there. Well, I don't mean to complain, but we gotta stop. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna take a break. Uh, that was just one of them, and I already don't like this list. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna take a break. Come back with the other three of the four uh, horsemen of the apocalypse in a marriage. So we're gonna uh, take a break. Be back with Chuck Tackett here on Solid Steps Radio.
Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That's still Kurt Souter, and we're with Dr. Chuck Tackett today, and we are talking about how to argue in a destructive way that leads to ultimately almost every time divorce. Did I get your attention? <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully I did. Uh, now, if you're arguing with your bank, you need to go consider looking to divorce your bank maybe and go to Ellen and Credit Union. Because if you're having problems... Nice segue. You no, know, I mean, if we're going to talk about divorce, there's good divorces <laughs> and bad ones. Relationally, we don't want divorces. But sometimes you got to divorce from uh, a bank if you're not having a good relationship with them. Ellen and Credit Union, they're a local lender. They are not only a sponsor of our show, but they are also an investor in our community and people. They love people. They love their community. And if you have banking needs, whether it's commercial, residential, mortgages, second mortgages, credit cards, checking, savings, whatever it is, Ellen and Credit Union can help you out. And Vision First Eye Care. Uh, if you're going to have a good argument with your spouse, you need to see them really well. Because if you're arguing and you can't see them, it's just really bad. So Vision First Eye Care, Rod Rollo and his crew will take care of you and your eyeballs and your vision. And they're just, overall, they're great folks and they care about your you as a person and not just your sight. So Ellen and Credit Union, Vision First Eye Care. So Chuck, have you ever used eye care in your marriage counseling? <laughs> Chad, just tied it together. Well, wow. Your wife can't punch you if you have your glasses on. That's what I've heard, right? So you oh, put, is that right? put glasses on from vision oh, first okay. and no. she won't punch you. All it really means is you're going to see it coming. <laughs> uh, okay, Chuck. So we, we we're talking about these five factors that right. lead to destructive a destructive marriage. And the right. first one was criticism, and and you described a complaint. Right. So doing a complaint like I did in the previous segment, that's perfectly fine, okay? A criticism would be, um, honey, you promised me that you were going to do something for me, and you didn't do it. Now, when you don't do something like that for me, I, I start wondering about what's really going on in your life. You know, and sometimes I just say to myself, what's wrong with you? Mm. I mean, I just ask you to do a simple thing. You know, so what's going on inside of you that you couldn't do that one little thing? That's criticism. Because mm. what I've really done is I've attacked her character. Mm. I've attacked her character. I've attacked her personality. If I want to talk about just the specific thing that, that I asked her to do and for some reason she wasn't able to do, it's okay to talk about that specific thing as long as you stay away from implying something about their personality or about their character. The point at which you do that, you're doing one of those four horsemen of the apocalypse. And you are virtually guaranteeing that your relationship is going to fall apart. The best case scenario, you're guaranteeing you're going to have a lousy marriage. Well, and, and, and talk also, when, mm -hmm. when you have this criticism, mm -hmm. um, you're probably saying it not the way you said it. You're probably saying it with a little... Uh, with the, the temperature rising, with a little more heat mm -hmm. in your voice. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, all that is... Oh, yeah. Is, is, oh, that's going to be a part of it. Yes. And it's not going to come out as nice as I said it. Okay. <laughs> so really, so if I'm hearing this right, because I'm taking copious notes because I need everything you're talking about, is a complaint is more focused on the act. The, th the, the thing. The criticism. The issue, the thing. The criticism is the person. If something is wrong with my spouse. Okay. Mm. Either they're deficient in their character in some respect or their personality somehow, some way is, is messed up. Okay, now, what, what happens, though, Chuck, uh, mm -hmm. so a couple, yeah. they, they come into you, and the, the, the wife is critical of him, mm -hmm. and she's, um, but there is maybe some things wrong with, with some of his character, mm -hmm. or, or vice versa. What, what, do you, what do you say about that? Is that next week? 
No, we can talk about it right now. <laughs> okay. I, I, I would just simply say to her, you got to focus on the complaint. You got to focus on the singular issue. Mm. If there's something wrong with his character, then make a request that he prayerfully consider that issue. Okay. You just don't want to take a, a deficit potentially in his character and tie it to a specific complaint or a specific issue you have. You want to keep those things separate. Got it. Okay. Okay. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Criticism. Yeah. Criticism. So do everything you can do to stay away from it. Okay. The second one is defensiveness. And defensiveness in and of itself doesn't seem all that destructive. But defensiveness is anytime I'm in a discussion with my spouse and I end up taking a mental and emotional position where I'm going to protect myself, Mm. where protecting myself is more important than engaging you. That's the key. Protecting myself, defensiveness is protecting myself more than engaging you. Wow. And so when when I have this position that mentally and emotionally I'm going to protect myself, what I'm really doing is I'm disengaging from the disagreement. I'm disengaging from the argument. And if I disengage from the argument, then all I'm really doing is I'm escalating the argument. Okay. Wow. Okay. Oh, so, so, so mm-hmm. okay, a couple walks into your office. Give us an example of when a wife has been defensive mm-hmm. or a husband's been defensive. Well, let's say, the, let's say my wife would say something to me in a counseling office, and, uh, you know, then I would say, well, yeah, I understand that, but you don't really understand this thing over here. And if you understood this thing over here, then, you know, you wouldn't think the way you're thinking. Well, what did I just do there? I just protected myself. You shifted. Yeah. I just did something to protect myself. Instead of saying, you know, honey, tell me more about that. If it's something that's important to you, then, honey, I need to understand that eventually. And now, maybe it may take me a while to understand it, but because it's important to you, I need to understand it. I'm not saying I agree with what you're saying. I'm saying I'm seeking to understand. Mm. Okay. So defensiveness is the exact opposite of that. Defensiveness is I'm going to protect myself at all cost, which shuts down the conversation. And, and if it, you shut down an argument, all you really do is you escalate the argument. You make it worse. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Chad, how are we, how we doing here? <laughs> I'm two for two. <laughs> Okay. okay, let's go to number three, Chuck. Number maybe, th- maybe we won't have this one, Chad. <laughs> don't bet on it. Oh, guys, I hope you don't. But <laughs> contempt. 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 Okay, what do you mean by that? Contempt is any statement or nonverbal behavior uh, where you place yourself on a, higher, on a higher plane than your spouse. In essence, in contempt, you're saying, I'm better than you. And anytime you take that position that you're better than your spouse, mentally, emotionally, you're doing contempt. Now, let me take you over really three or four forms of contempt that are absolutely destructive. And mm. in, in Dr. Gottman's work, he calls contempt the sulfuric acid of marriage communication. Okay. It'll eat through anything. It'll eat through any relationship. So contempt is the number one one that you need to get eliminated from your relationship if you do it at all. So one example of contempt really is mockery. So if your wife or your husband says something and you mock them, that's contempt. Okay? okay? So let's say my wife were to say to me, well, honey, I really didn't mean to do that. I'd say, yeah, you didn't mean to do that. Right. That's mockery. Okay, that's a form of contempt, and it'll eat away your relationship with one another. Okay. okay a second form of contempt is sarcasm. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. 
It's just sarcasm in a marriage just does not work whatsoever. Okay. Are you kidding? Really? Sarcasm doesn't work? I'm, I'm fluent in sarcasm, is which that, is a bad thing. I, I, oh gosh. Sometimes, sometimes I think that might be my spiritual gift. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, well, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that's one of the godliness characteristics out there, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of us are really good at sarcasm, and it, we just have to stay away from it. Yeah. The, really, the third one, then, is focusing on just an insult. Just saying to your spouse, well, you're stupid. Well, that was dumb. Well, come on. What, did you lose your mind? Those are all insults. Okay, so you got to stay away from every possible insult uh, relating to your spouse whatsoever. Now, the fourth one, the fourth form of contempt is not, it's not expressed with a word. It's expressed by a facial expression. Oh, wow. Okay, and it's actually the technical uh, term for it is called an AU14 smile. <laughs> Okay, that's the technical AU term for, 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 those, for those who are in research. They'll love that. AU means action unit. And 14 is the actual number given to the muscle that surrounds the mouth that makes this unique kind of a hate smile is what it's commonly called. And the hate smile really is you will see a dimple on one or both sides of the corner of the mouth. And when you see that dimple, you cannot artificially make that dimple. The brain has to feel contempt. The brain has to have contemptuous thoughts in it for the face to be able to make that facial expression of the dimple on each side of the mouth, one or both sides of the mouth. Okay? Because we have to understand this. Our brains, our brain's emotional system is hardwired to our facial muscles. So whatever emotion we experience within the brain automatically comes out on the face. And it flashes on for about a quarter of a second to a half a second. And then it flashes off. And so for someone who feels contempt, it flashes on and off like crazy. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so it's, it's really easier to see the hate Okay, so, so when you're, you're in your office yeah. and this couple comes in yeah. and you're like going, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I I am seeing they're they're not they're they're not using um, mm-hmm. the mockery they're not using the sarcasm but you they see they have the hate smile yeah they have the hate smile well you guys love this I've actually been in therapy ses- sessions with uh, other therapists and I've seen the hate smile <laughs> <laughs> and they don't even know they're doing it wow yeah but then I can tell okay you hate my client so I don't think this is going to work out wow okay <laughs> so. Uh, you know, it's one of the curses of being in a research lab is you, you see all of these things, and so you can spot it. So. Okay, so uh, that's number three, contempt. Number, number f- and then number four is stonewalling. 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 And that is basically, for most, most of the time, it's an, auto, it's an automatic autonomic response system. So my brain gets overwhelmed. It goes into fight-or-flight mode, and immediately I just disengage. And so there are two basic ways that we, that we can see that our partner is disengaging, that our spouse is disengaging, and one is called, simply called away behavior. And that is your spouse is talking to you, you're talking to them, and all of a sudden your spouse's eyes, their face goes flat, no emotion on their face whatsoever, and their eyes go down and to the left, down and to the left, or down and to the right. That means they've disengaged. It's commonly called away behavior. The brain is doing that. The brain is saying you are mentally and emotionally overwhelmed, so shut off. And the brain just shuts off. The second form of stonewalling is commonly called the monitoring gaze. The monitoring gaze. And so you would your so your spouse says something to you, you're overwhelmed. What you really do is your face goes flat, no emotional expression on it whatsoever. Your eyes go down to the basically to the left, 
and then all of a sudden your eyes, about every five to 10 seconds, will look to where your spouse is. Kind of make sure that your spouse, that your brain is saying is a, you know, is a Bengal tiger who's about ready to jump on you and rip your throat out. Wow. Okay, it's coming we, for you. We got to take a break. <laughs> this is good stuff. No, it's not. Not, not well. at all. <laughs> so we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. If you're still listening, you may have stopped listening after you listened to the first two segments because you were convicted. But if you did not hear those segments, you need to go back and listen to those. I'm telling you. We joke in here because uh, it's convicting. But the truth is we're talking today with Chuck Tackett about uh, how to uh, argue in a way that is destructive and can lead to divorce. And uh, he talked about the first four of the four horsemen, there's actually five. Uh, he, he's not a mathematician, he's a psychologist. But uh, there's five of the four horsemen that he says, and you need to go back and listen to those. And thanks to our sponsors who, uh, Frank Enterprises, if you have a septic system that is not working and you are critical of it, you're defensive of it, you're contempt of it, <laughs> you need to go get it fixed. Uh, Frank Enterprises, they take care of your septic needs and any water drainage issues outside of your home. If it's not going where it's supposed to, Frank Enterprises can help out with that. And then Bright Star Home Care. Now, Chad, with, with, some of, with some of the, Septic stuff? Do they need to create a different stone wall? Oh, see, there you go. I mean, that's. I, wait till we get to the fifth one. I'm sure okay. I can't wait to hear that one. So, uh, and also, we like to th- thank our sponsor, Bright Star Home Care. If you know anyone or in your life who is going to need some care, whether that's one day a week to visit or 24-hour care for the health for the rest of their life for their health. Uh, you need to contact Bright Star Home Care. They can walk you through that journey and walk with you in that journey of caring for your loved ones. Thank those folks for sponsoring our show. Okay, Chuck. I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. Lord help us. But we're going to get... Number so, five. So, so, so stolen only is number four. Number five is what? Right. Number five is called belligerence. Oh, I... Belligerence. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Belligerence is very rarely done. And yet when it's done, it can be stunningly destructive. Um, and, you know, the reason they called the horsemen of the apocalypse is the fifth factor wasn't found until several years later. And so belligerence basically is taunting your spouse. Wow. It's using humor at their expense. So let me just role play what belligerence would be. So let's say I'm in an argument with my wife, and I promise you guys I have never done this, okay, because I have to go to sleep at night. And, you know, so, <laughs> so so I'd be concerned about going to sleep at night if I ever did this, but never done this. But belligerence is something like this. It's saying, you know, honey, um, you know, I used to believe that it was impossible for God to make a mistake. But maybe then there's you. That's contempt and belligerence thrown in because I'm being humorous at her expense. That's an extremely destructive characteristic, and it's very rarely seen in the research. So when we do see any form of belligerence, and there are a few forms, but that's the core form, we know that the relationship is in serious trouble. Uh, And so we we just take that with great seriousness. So in counseling, if I see belligerence at all, then I know this relationship is, is on the verge of utter destruction. You'll see people, you'll see people do that in front of you. Oh yeah. And they don't even know then at that point. No, no. Rarely, rarely do people know any of these five factors that make up the four horsemen. Many of them, they'll read it, 
Right. They'll read, some of them will read about it, and they but they it. won't even see that they're actually doing and they, it. And they probably, they might be able to say, well, that's, that's what he's doing, or that, you know, that's, that's her, but right. can't see it themselves. And when they say that, I'll say, okay, um, allow your spouse to confess what they do. You confess what you do. Mm. Because all you have power over is what you do. Okay, so Chuck, here we go. Right, you want to know what my I, two are? I want to know what your two are. I am stunningly gifted at contempt. I am amazing at contempt. Well, okay, so contempt, and, and what, which one of those do you mock? Sarcasm? What, uh, what, sarcasm. What, sarcasm. I'm absolutely fantastic at sarcasm. <laughs> Is that your spiritual gift? I don't consider <laughs> it not. a spiritual gift. I consider it a part of a sin pattern. Oh, okay? <laughs> but I know I'm really good at sarcasm. Uh, so, as, a, as a 13-year-old, I could insult my dad, and my mom and dad would have to sit down and talk with one another for a half an hour to figure out if I had actually insulted my dad. <laughs> Okay. So uh, for years, I've been stunningly gifted at doing that. It's just in marriage, it doesn't work. Yes. You know? so, so that would be your number one. That's number one. Contempt. And then, and then I can do criticism pretty doggone well, too. You know, yeah, I, just, I just make the choice to stay away from contempt and to stay away from criticism. You know, I don't, I don't do defensiveness because I don't really feel like I need to protect myself the vast majority of the time. I don't stonewall because... You know, what good would I be as a therapist if I stonewalled? Okay, if I got overwhelmed by relational things. And I really don't, I don't do belligerence. I've had belligerence done to me by my dad, but I, I don't do belligerence. Contempt and criticism, mm. I'm stunningly gifted at that. Well, I just choose not to. Okay, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> it's confession time. You know, there's the only Bible, five, right? The, 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 the only okay, five. <laughs> the Bible says confession is good for the soul. Well, something, we'll see. We'll something see about like that. that. Uh, criticism is my number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, very critical and, uh, and, and, and not even in a, uh, in a uh, passive way, just little biting criticism, but criticisms, no doubt. That is one. Uh, I'd say contempt too. Yes, contempt. But it's really tied between two, uh, this, that and defensiveness. I can see defensiveness and contempt be... I'm trying to take We've away. We've asked the top two, and you've given I, us three. I, well, I'm going to say stonewalling and belligerence. I don't think I've gone there. If I have, it's not something I'm aware of. But I think the first three, I'm going to sure. I'm, I'm, I'm check with Jenna. Don't later, call her later. today. <laughs> call her in about a week <laughs> um, and ask her then. But I think the defensiveness I see because I'm trying to, I always try to find myself trying to take her right away for her to be mad at me. Like, you shouldn't be mad at me because, and here's the reasons why. That, so that's your defensiveness? Yeah, that's a form of defensiveness, it I is, think, it right? Is, it is, yeah. So what would happen if you would just look at your wife and say, honey, tell me what you think about that. I care about what your thoughts are. I care about what your emotions are. Baby, tell me as much about that as you need to tell me. That, mm. that's a, that is a counter, counterintuitive thing to say. That's yeah. exactly right. right? That it is, is counterintuitive to say that. Yeah. It is but not when you do that, as a husband, when you do that, what you're really saying to your wife is, I'm strong enough to manage what's going on inside of you. It's, what you think and what you feel isn't going to blow me away, and I'm going to take it very, very serious, mm-hmm. which means I care about you. I care about every part of you. So I want to know what you think. I want to know what emotions you feel. I want to embrace that. Now, baby, I may not agree with you on everything. I still want to know, and I still want to understand. You matter that much to me. That's all of that is what you're really saying when you engage her in what she thinks and what emotions she feels. Mm. Now, the, we don't learn that in man school. 
No. <laughs> no, Man, school doesn't teach us that. No, it doesn't. Okay, Kurt, it's your turn, sir. It's my turn. It's your turn. I I would say my top two are are very similar to you, Chuck. Mm-hmm. I think uh, criticism and contempt. And I would say uh, in, in, under the contempt, uh, Nancy's going to be listening to this, and she's right. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Um, but yeah, I I would say at times I can place myself higher than her, mm-hmm. and. Um, and that's my sin of the week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's important to understand that. Okay. Because when we understand that, when we understand, you know, which horsemen we do, yeah. then we have a chance to actually begin to stop it. Because one of the things we know is, is let, let's say you do 30 positive things towards your wife every single day, but you do 10 of the horse, you, you do any of these horsemen 10 times in a given day. Well, your ratio of positive to negative is three to one. Well, that's gonna blow your marriage up to have a ratio as low as three to one. You need a what, 10 to one? You need at least 11 to one is the ratio. Okay. Okay, it takes 11 positives to offset one of these horsemen. 11 positives to offset one of the horsemen. Okay? The, the, the psalmist says, where does my help come from? <laughs> <laughs> The spirit helping you realize which of the horsemen you do. Because basically, what are we talking about here, guys? We're talking about patterns of sin. Yeah. At the core of it, that's really what we're talking about. And so, so in this context, spotting these horsemen and eliminating them, let's say you do 30 things, you keep doing those 30 positive things every single day towards your wife, um, and then you reduce those, the horsemen down to maybe once a day, then your ratio goes from basically 3 to 1 to 30 to 1. Mm-hmm. Well, then, then your wife's going to say, okay, did he, what happened to him? What's God doing within him? Because he's changing these negative ways that he would relate to me. He, he's not doing that anymore. Or when he does it, it's very rare. So we need to really, as we, as we look mm-hmm. at this, Chuck, we, yeah. we, we need a, a prayer would be, Lord, oh, yeah. help me to see yeah. which one of these patterns, or not just one, maybe right. two or three patterns that I am really... Uh, it's a part of my my life, my mm-hmm. thought patterns, my yeah. thinking. Lord, help me to see which one of these or which multiple of these, and mm-hmm. and and then begin to pray. And yeah, well, what I tell the couples is is confess it. Mm. Just confess what you did. Don't hide from it. Don't walk away from it. Walk right into the middle of what you did. So if you just did contempt, confess that you just did contempt, honey. And, and I, don't, I and don't say I'm sorry. Okay, don't ever say I'm sorry. Say I apologize. I apologize. I was wrong to do that. I apologize. I was wrong. I insulted you. Yeah. I had sarcasm and yeah. I showed you contempt. Right. And I apologize. Will you please forgive me? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now that's that's very very powerful. Now it may take her a while to forgive you. But ultimately that's that's between her and the Lord. So give her some time to forgive you because you just said something that that royally roasted her inside. Mm. I mean, it really hurt her. And so you just kind of have to acknowledge that. Yes. Okay, so Chuck, we got to take a break now, but we're going to look at seven destructive patterns from Scripture that you're going to pull out for us next segment. Got it. And so we're going to take a break, come back for that 
four segment, but I just want to have our listeners know you're thinking, gosh, that's a lot of, that's kind of, next week, we're going to do the other way, the other side of this, because it deserves two shows. We're going to do a show of how you can actually argue in a constructive way. This show has been about how you argue in a destructive way. Think about destructing a, a, a home. You're blowing it up. You're tearing down the foundation and you're ripping it apart. A constructive way mm-hmm. is you're laying a foundation and you're building it up piece by piece. So next week is how you can argue in a constructive way. Mm-hmm. So hang in there. We're not leaving you hanging. And uh, we're going to do that next week. But we're going to take a break now. Be back for the next segment, final segment with Dr. Chuck Tackett on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment. If you are just joining us, you have missed out on a great, I mean, I've got feverish notes I've been taking here with Dr. Chuck Tackett. Dude, I've got feverish notes and I'm going to go listen again and add to it. (laughs) We're talking today about how to do, how to argue in a destructive way that will lead to divorce. And the first three segments we covered the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which there's actually five uh, in there of five ways that you can argue in a way that is so destructive it can lead to and most of the time leads to divorce or a really lousy marriage and uh kurt and i had a couple few of those that we found that we were on those five horse of the five horsemen we jump on those horse too easily so we ask you to consider going back guys and listening to those segments and you can listen uh, commercial free thanks to our really awesome sponsors dan hart financial if you want to figure out where you're going financially in regards to retirement and you're going to be retiring and you want to talk about what that looks like dan hart financial can take care of that and also country lake uh, christian retreat center they are a wonderful organization if you have a child that you want to say i want to get them involved outside this spring summer for camps or if you want to take your organization and say, where can we go to get outside in God's creation and really have a great atmosphere for our meetings, Country Lake Christian Retreat Center is a wonderful organization to do that and also a great sponsor of our show. So, okay, so Chuck, we, do, we looked at these five, but they really are they're, they're patterns biblically. Right. right. Uh, unpack for our listeners right. s- seven destructive patterns. Yeah. Well, when I came back from Dr. Gottman's lab in 2000, I made the decision that I would dig into Scripture and try to find specific sins that we do in our communication patterns towards one another. And so seven of those key communication sins we do, one of them to begin with is called anger fits of rage. And so you find these lists of sins in in the end of Romans 1 and in Galatians 5. So the first one is anger fits of rage. And that's basically either anger boils up within me in a very slow way or, or it just explodes out of me. And I'm just kind of mentally and emotionally just attacking you with my anger. I'm just venting my anger on you. Mm. So that's one of the dominant things that we can do. The second one is called the sin of foolishness. With better way to think of foolishness nowadays is undiscerning. The sin of undiscerning, which is I'm just not paying attention to what your thoughts are, what your emotions are. Um, I'm not paying attention to your relational needs. I'm not paying attention to your spiritual needs. I'm not paying attention to your physical needs. I'm just just simply not paying attention. So I'm I'm mentally, emotionally, I'm disengaged from you. Mm. So that's very, very, those are the two most common sins that we saw. I'm taking my anger out on you. Instead of just talking to you in a way where I express anger, I express it to you in a constructive way. So so like um, Mm -hmm. couples in your office and you're just, what what do you, uh, anger's coming out. Right. What What do you do? Well, uh, if you hit them, well, no, (laughs) 
<laughs> no, uh, Kurt, that's called a crime. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're not counseling anybody. <laughs> so, no, I do not commit crimes in my counseling sessions, okay? <laughs> no, I just, I just simply say right now you're, ag- you're arguing in a destructive way. Mm. You're taking your anger out on your spouse, and you need to learn how to express your anger, express it in a way that they can understand it. Because that's a big thing about anger. If I just blast you with my anger, there's no way in the world you're going to be able to understand my anger. Yeah. And so then I walk away, you walk away hurt. I walk away hurt because I don't feel understood. Well, the reason I'm not understood is I blasted you with my anger, and it's not possible for you to understand what's going on inside of me. So I, I've, I have an incomplete expression there. Okay, You don't get it. You don't understand because I blasted you. Yeah. Okay. So, so undiscerning is just not paying attention. The third is discord. Okay. The third is discord. And in, in the sense of discord, it's basically developing a contentious disposition. A discord is I'm, I'm ready to fight at any moment. So discord actually happens in my thinking system, in my brain. So I'm just thinking about being, in a sense, being separate from you. And I have this contentious disposition. So you say something to me, I'm ready to fight. You're, already re- me- you're mentally preparing yourself oh, for I'm the already, fight. You're I'm already there. Fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm talking to you as my spouse, and yet I have this contentious disposition. So I'm listening for things that, that I can pick up on that I can fight about. Okay? So discord's not that good. Okay? The next one is called divisions. And divisions really is a mental sin. It's a thinking sin. And in divisions, I see myself as being separate from you. And that in and of itself is a sin. Mm. We are all a part of the body of Christ. And so we have to see ourselves as connected to one another. Even in the context of marriage, we've married a fellow believer, so we have to see ourselves as connected to our spouse. Mm. And when we fail to see ourselves as connected to our spouse, we're committing the sin of division in our, our brain. And so when we think of ourselves as being separate from our spouse, we've divided our thinking. Mm. And now I'm going to relate to my spouse in a divided way. I'm not going to relate to my spouse as if we're connected to one another, as if we love one another, as if we're concerned about one another. I'm going to connect to my spouse like she's over there and I'm over here. Well, what do I really care what she thinks? What do I really care what she feels? So that's, that's ultimately the sin of division. Mm-hmm. Now, the next one is the sin of hatred. It's unusual in therapy for me to see this sense of hatred, but every now and then I do see it. And so on a past show, we talked about hatred as having three qualities, that sense of disfavor or looking down on somebody, uh, the sense of hostility, um, just being very, very angry at them, and then the sense of, of feud, of, of actually engaging in a fight with them. You know, not a physical fight, but a verbal fight with them. Mm. Okay, so the hatred coming out of us. And so hatred is very, very destructive in a relationship. Then the last two are, uh, would be the first one uh, of the last two would be heartlessness. And heartlessness is the normal, natural affections that God wants me to have for my spouse I don't have for my spouse. So the natural, the natural connection we have, the desire to have a loving relationship with one another, the desire to build a closer connection in our thinking, in our emotions, in our spiritual life with one another, that's not present. Mm. That's the sin of heartlessness. Those natural affections are supposed to be there, and every single day I'm supposed to be about the business of building those natural affections with my wife. Yeah, the Bible says we're one flesh, and so right. you're, you're building on that. Right. But heartlessness is... Is I'm actually not doing that. Yeah. You're allowing it to erode and, and choosing right. to erode. Well, my failure to connect connect is doing heartlessness, is doing the sin of heartlessness. Mm. So if I'm not connecting with you, 
If I'm not connecting with my wife, I'm doing the sin of heartlessness because I'm, I fail to build the natural affections that I'm supposed to be building. Failure to build the natural affections that I'm to build towards my wife is the sin of heartlessness. Wow. So this is a sin that's a failure to do something. It's not something I've done. It's a failure to do something. This is the sin of omission. Right, right. And so then the last one we look at as it being a big key is called the sin of faithlessness. And the sin of faithlessness is not paying attention to the covenant relationship that my wife and I have with one another. You know, we not only made promises to one another, mm. we made promises to God. And so I have to pay attention to when I relate to my wife, I've got to pay attention to the promises that we made to one another. I have to build on those promises that we made to one another. And we made promises to God in our marital ceremony. So we have to, you know, I have to focus in on fulfilling that promise that I also made to God. Mm. And so when I fail to do that every day, if I, at any point of the day, if I fail to do that, I'm doing the sin of faithlessness. You know, so I have to cultivate within myself thinking and emotional responses that actually promote the, the acknowledgement to myself that we are in a covenant relationship. And if I fail to do that, I'm doing the sin of faithlessness. So, Chuck, when you're talking to these couples, yeah. um, you see this. The, oh, the, yeah. the first thing we got to do is what you're going to do is, tr is try to help them to see patterns right. of sin right and if we can see it, we can stop it. If yeah. we can see it and hear it, we can stop it. And yeah. that's the big key. Wow. Okay, so next week, we're going to talk about how do we take all the arguments and mm -hmm. the, the stuff that we have and not st just stop arguing, but how do we, how do we use it in a, in a way, in a positive way. But we are wrapping up. Chuck, thank you so much for coming mm -hmm. in this week. Would you pray for us, guys? I would love to. Please, thank you. Lord, thank you for the privilege of working with Kurt and Chad this day. I pray, Lord, you'll take what we shared with one another and that you'll use it to bring you honor and glory, Lord. And I pray that you'll take what we shared with one another and use it to help couples uh, grow together in a way that would be meaningful for them, that would be enjoyable for them, and that would ultimately honor God. It's in your name I pray, Lord. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Chuck. You know, when Kurt originally approached me with this show, he said, we're going to do this. I said, you know, we could probably do both in one show. <laughs> how to argue Dude, constructively, we, we how need, to argue we need, constructively. We need uh, multiple shows. We need a month worth of this show. <laughs> this is one of the best shows we've ever done, I think. And also, I, I've you know, hearing this, this, we don't just do this show for everybody. We do this show for ourselves. And I've got some sin to confess to my wife. I mean, just hearing this, the, the word the heartlessness of not connecting with your spouse. I'm like, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I've confessed today. This, that I'm going to have to confess that today to my wife. Um, but here's the thing. God's grace. Amen. <laughs> he covers all of this. Yes. And I'm so thankful that I believe that and my wife believes that. And so mm -hmm. your spouse, whether you're listening, guys or ladies, um, there's a lot of mess in here. <laughs> the past hour has been a lot of mess. And next week, we're going to talk about the positive side of this. And I don't mean positive, negative, like positive thinking. I'm talking about there is light and darkness. And what we just talked about was an hour of darkness. This is what the darkness looks like inside of the heart of man or woman outside of God's grace and, 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 and deliverance. Right. But, but you know, the, 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 Chad, when you're saying all that, I'm, I'm thinking about the one word that God is constantly up to. He's about redeeming. Mm -hmm. And he's mm -hmm. about taking the mess, taking the junk, and he's about redeeming it. And next week, mm. we're going to talk about how you can argue in a constructive way. Actually, Chuck says it's a way that can lead to more intimacy. Yeah. 
So if you can argue in a way that leads to more intimacy, I'm all for it. Next week, if you're listening to this show, listen to this show in, 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 in podcast form. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors, LNN Credit Union, Vision First, Frank Enterprises, Brightstar, Dan Hart, and Country Lake. And next week, we're going to have an entire show on how Chuck's going to come back and do how do we argue in a way that is constructive and actually leads to intimacy. By the way, you're not going to eliminate arguing from your marriage. And if you eliminate arguing from your marriage, you're probably practicing one of these sins of heartlessness or not trying to be oh, yeah. connecting with your spouse. And I jokingly said this before the show, my wife and I will either connect good or we'll connect bad. And we're going to connect one way or another. And the bad, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, is when we fight. And then we end up connecting because we, we have been unconnected. And that is uh, one of the things that we just have to realize. Arguing is part of marriage not something to be avoided. And Chuck is great at teaching us. He's great at arguing, basically, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to come back next week and learn how to do that in a constructive way. Uh, Chuck Tackett's uh, self uh, email, cwtackett at aol.com. C-W-Tackett, T-A-C-K-E-T-T, at aol.com. Thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio.